old, like, beat-up car, but the steering wheel's on the passenger side, like a British car. I'm like, well, that's interesting, but it's not like a good car. It's like a beat-up junker. And I pull up next to him, and he's got a cowboy hat on, but then he's got, like, a oversized tank top, like a beach tank top, mm-hmm. smoking one of those, like, vapor vapor pipe things. Vapes, yeah. Yeah, with the mustache that was curled up. <laughs> of course. And I was just like, wow. Your typical hipster. Totally. I was like, that is some pretty funny shit right there. He just needed some kind of random pet to be on his shoulder. Some weird, strange yeah, He's pet. got a parrot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> something weird and crazy. That would have been awesome. Yeah, it was a... He had an, an Illinois uh, license plate, too, which was kind of interesting. Oh, so, yeah. The enemy. Explains it all. Sure does. But, anywho. So, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot to talk about. Where do you want to start with? <laughs> we don't have to talk about anything in particular but life. No life. Okay. Uh, no, anything in particular in life. Butt life. Nope, I like the nope. butt life. But, but, <laughs> that, butt what, life. What a weird sentence. I like the butt life. <laughs> Hashtag butt life. <laughs> weird. Yeah. I saw a Facebook video of you rolling down a hill. Yes, there is a Facebook video of me rolling down a hill. <laughs> What's we that? Were, well, we, so we went to the Guillermo del Toro exhibit yesterday, which... If you have been anywhere in the vicinity of me, all I have done in the last 24 hours is go, oh, my God, it's amazing. (laughs) It's pretty freaking amazing. But our tickets were for two, and we got there 15 minutes late. But because it's such a sold-out exhibit, they pushed us till 6 o'clock, so we had quite a bit of time to kill. So we went and got lunch, and on our way back, we are walking around. So the LACMA sits right next to the... Mm. um, the La Brea tar pits. Mm -hmm. And we were looking at all like the sculptures and just doing silly stuff. And there's this hill and Patrick looked at me. He's like, don't run down the hill. And I go, yeah, but it just looks like, you know, it just makes me feel like I want to be five years old again. (laughs) And we're all laughing because it was like the perfect hill. Like it wasn't too steep, but it definitely looked like the hill you wanted to roll down or run down. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, I'm going to roll down the hill. I rolled down the hill, except I had my sunglasses on. So it's a really funny video because I'm trying to keep my sunglasses on my head as I roll down the hill. (laughs) But it was awesome. I agree. I say people should roll down hills more often. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Just just be a kid again. I was thinking about this today. When you were a kid and you're hanging out with your sibling, you have what? You have one brother? No, I've got I've got four brothers and a sister. Okay. So when you were younger, uh, what's the age difference? Uh, All sorts. So, like, the brother I'm the closest to is five years older than me. And then my youngest brother is um, ten years younger than me. So there's a good age gap. Okay. So, but when you were growing up, or even with just, like, the neighbor kids, like the friends, your friends from school and stuff like that, did you ever just in the neighborhood play, like, uh, or we're Ninja Turtles, or we're Power Rangers, or we're superheroes, or any, you know, like anything like that when you were a kid. Well, kind of. Well, we would play kick the can. That was like uh, okay. our thing. Everybody in the neighborhood would. You're, you're not that old. <laughs> I, I'm not that old, but I'm old, but I'm not that. Old. But no, we'd always play kick the can, or we'd play hide and go seek. But in my household, 
it was my my two brothers were obsessed with wrestling. So I kind of got adopted into wrestling. So I know a lot about like the early 80s wrestling, like the junkyard dog days. Yeah. Um, but it would be one of them. I'd be laying on my stomach with, you know, my elbows watching TV. And my brother Chris would just jump off the couch onto my back, you know, <laughs> or or he would put me in a figure four leg lock and he'd be like, I'm Ric Flair. Woo. And it, like it was. Yeah, that was kind of our things. But we we did other things like. But yeah, I don't know. Ninja Turtles were. That's I was a too little. Old. Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably a little too old. You know, but we pretend every now and again. You know, He-Ra and She-Ra, He-Man and She-Ra, He-Ra and She-Man. <laughs> Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon was definitely an ongoing thing with me. <laughs> Nobody else would want to play though. Really? Well, I suppose yeah. I, I wouldn't well, want to play. It was hard too because, like, you try to find like because. When you're a girl and you watch Flash Gordon, all you want to do is dress up like Ming's girls. You want to wear like the yellow dress and then have something yellow to drink. And <laughs> it's hard to do that when when you don't have a big closet. <laughs> right. And you're just a, a little girl. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. How about you? Well, we do it all. Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles, uh... That was what we did with, you know, other than playing sports, we had a nice big park, like, in the middle of the apartment complex, or, like, a big lawn area, and so we'd play, like, baseball and football and stuff right in this big, like, maybe a 40-yard long field in the middle of the, of the apartments. Oh, nice. So we just, you know, I was big into baseball as a kid, like, Little League and all that stuff, so we play, like, pickle, and because, you know, if we don't want to hit, because every so often, if everybody, and we got a hold of a good one, you might break a window. Because <laughs> uh, it's like a like think of it like an amphitheater, but the 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 seats are the the apartment buildings, so they surround this this thing, and so like if you get a hold of a good one, and we're always facing towards the buildings behind us would be the parking lot, because we figured uh, the manager will place the windows. We don't want to break somebody's car window. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Uh, we did a lot of street hockey in the in the parking lot, so there's a lot of you know after after Wayne's World came out, there was a lot of Game on. Yeah, back to it. Yeah, game off. We'd have to do that when when we'd do the kick the can. You'd have the can in the middle of the street, but there would always be that one person that wouldn't be playing, and then you'd hear them go, game off! Yeah. And have to move the can while the car went down, and they're like, all right, get back on! (laughs) Like, uh, we would do, you know, night games. We'd do, like, uh, Ghosts in the Graveyard. Um, uh, Yeah, mostly just that. Uh, we didn't really play many of the, like, tag or hide-and-seek. Uh, we were kind of too old for that. Oh, man, I was playing hide-and-go-seek all the way up into, like, my high school years. But <laughs> that was more rebellious stuff. I I lived probably less than, like, a half a mile from the Green River mm-hmm. that goes through, like, the, the valley there, um, the Rainier Valley. And there was this park and it was called the footbridge park. So there's just this little footbridge that crossed the, crossed the green river. And then on the other side, there was this big field and it's basically when you want to get in trouble, you, that's where you would steal your alcohol and you'd go and you'd hide under the bridge or what have you. But we would go over there at night and we would just play hide and go seek because it was pitch dark and you were just running around in trees or you could hide on the bridge or under picnic tables. And Hmm. it was fun. (laughs) <laughs> mayhem mayhem when you're in high school but it was like i i liked i was thinking about this because um 
I, I watched uh, Making a Murderer again, and I'm getting ready to watch uh, Stranger Things again before we do our podcast about it. So I can take notes and all that kind of good stuff. But uh, the 80s, like, all you watch Stranger Things and you're like, man, these kids are just free to roam around and do whatever they want. But that's what it was like back then. We weren't worried about, like, exactly. child abductions and... And, and all that kind of stuff. And I was thinking, like, I remember being out, like, you know, some school nights you had to be in when those streetlights came on. Or mom would just scream out the window, hey, it's time for dinner. You're, you know, that was it. She wouldn't come out and look for you. Like, if you, or, if she couldn't, if you, if you couldn't hear her voice, you were in trouble. Exactly. Or you would have that, like, that barrier you couldn't cross. Like, you couldn't go past 16th Street. You know, or what have you. You know, if you went past that, you're in trouble. But there's this meme that was going around for a while. And every time I would see it, it would make me smile. But it was just this yard full of bicycles. And it goes, when we were kids, this is how we found our kids. And I was just like, that was totally it. You would just look to see where all the bikes were. Yeah, that's a good one, too. That's in Stranger Things, too. Like, you know, the bikes are all piled up outside that, that little entry to the basement to that kid's house. Yeah, like, yeah. Yep. I remember my mom or dad would yell at me after you get like a new bike for your birthday and you didn't use the kickstand. You just dropped it down and just like use the kickstand. Like, but the cool kids don't use kickstands. Oh gosh, the the worst was in. I think every one of us in our family lost a bike at least once because you'd go up the driveway, you'd throw it down, you'd run in, you'd start doing something, and then the parents would back out of the driveway and <laughs> run over the bike. That was the good part, I guess, where I live because there was no, we didn't have a garage. We had an apartment, so it was a big parking lot. So, but we had to worry about people, uh, not really, but you could get your bike stolen. Um, right. We weren't really in that bad of an area, uh, but it was the early nineties. So it was at the point when like, you know, it was gang time, you know, uh, West coast, East coast crap. And even though I lived in, you know, a suburb of Milwaukee, it was, People were still getting shot for the color of their clothes. That is crazy. They had to tear down, or they, they had to cut down a bunch of trees in front of the high school because at night some kid was walking and he got shot for a starter jacket. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I remember the whole thing about the uh, the Air Jordans too. Yeah, yeah. There was a couple couple in my hood that that got hit for that. I remember liking the White Sox hat because it was black and white, and I'm a big black and white fan. Like I just I, for whatever reason that color scheme I really like. And so I got a White Sox hat, not really thinking because my Brewers were an American League team at that time, but I wasn't really that into Major League Baseball at that time. I just liked the colors of the hat. Um, and I remember wearing it, and then my dad, I got it on my own because I lived near a mall, so we'd always walk to the mall. Like every weekend, we'd walk to this mall. And thinking about <laughs> thinking about it now, the way we took was super dangerous. <laughs> I would never let my kids do it, but my, you know, again, it was a different time. Um, but like, I remember buying it and bringing it home. My dad's like, you can't wear this. I'm like, what do you mean? It's just black and white. It's like, that's like, that's like Dr. Dre wears this hat. I'm like, dad, you're, you're, you're pretty lame. <laughs> like, and he wasn't a lame guy. He was a young dad, you know, like, I, like, I don't like, you don't get it, but he's the one that first bought me a starter jacket. Like we had, you had to have the pullover starter jacket in the nineties. Like you just had to, or you weren't cool. So there, there were those like staple things though, like that you had to have as a kid and mm-hmm. a, trapper, a trapper keeper. Oh, trapper keeper is a must. But I went through this whole thing. It was probably in like sixth or seventh grade. Everybody had the British Knights, but the <laughs> girls would get the British Knight flames. So like on the side, they would twist the leather. So it would go from like 
that it would be like black on one side and pink on the other side. So when you twist it, then the white of the background would show. So it was this like pink and black and white, like flame looking thing on the side. And it was just <laughs> twisted leather. But, um, I remember like Payless shoes came out with like a, um, felt like a fake one. Mm-hmm. And my mom got me a pair and I was like, I can't wear these. They're not really British Knights. Yeah, that was my big thing is I was so excited. That or you had to, you couldn't have the generic Keds. You had to have Keds with the blue little tag on the back of them. Wait, say that again? Keds? Oh. Do you remember Keds? Yeah, that, was could, a, that seemed like a girly shoe to me though. It, it's a very girly shoe and you couldn't wear shoelaces in them. You had to wear them without shoelaces. <laughs> but they had to be really Keds with the little blue tag on the back. I, I don't remember ever taking my my fashion cues from TV. Like you know, like for me, it would have been like Zach Morris from Stay by the Bell, or, or or even Buffy in high school. Like to to know what to wear, uh, to be cool or fit in. Because like I I dressed like Xander as it was, like dorky clothes, like button ups and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Like so, like my fashion sense when I was growing up, like we were we were we were poor. I, well, not, not poor, but we were a budget family. Yeah. So your dad, my mom and dad are like, we're not buying you the expensive shoes or, you know, back to school shopping. Like I got like the stupidest looking clothes and like, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, but then I would get like, either I'd have my choice. I'd either be able to get like a really nice winter jacket. Cause you know, it's Wisconsin or I could get really nice tennis shoes every school year. So I would like try to throw it up in the air. Like I was never, I never cared about shoes. I just wanted them to look okay. And you can get good, decent looking shoes for cheap. Right. Like fake, like, you know. Back then, there wasn't all these varieties of shoes like there are now, like DCs and all this, you know, skate shoes, which I'm, like, obsessed with DC shoes now. Um, <laughs> I only buy DCs because it's I'm DC. <laughs> so, it, I gotta, you know, you know, they're not, it's not the comic book, right? <laughs> no, it's Dave Clark, DC. <laughs> You're like, it fits me on every spectrum. Dave Clark, DC. DC Comics, DC Shoes. I am DC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it works on so many levels, but That's like, I I went through a phase in high school where I had to buy like football jerseys, like I had to get like Packer jerseys and stuff like that. But I mean, you couldn't afford them, so I never got any. Like, but I had one jersey for every like sport. I had a football jersey, a basketball jersey, and a hockey jersey, and I was never able to get a baseball jersey because those are super expensive at the time. Yeah. But. I I always laugh because I went through the whole phase where it had to be like band t-shirts. Oh, sure. So so I'd have, you know, I had all like the teeny bopper ones when I was like in elementary school. But then when I get into like junior high and high school, it was like I had to have the really cool concert tees. But then I was I was such a snob. Like somebody would wear like the Pearl Jam t-shirt with like the stick figure guy. Yeah. And I'm just like poser <laughs> right. Right? Right. Like, if i knew like it's kind of like even now like you know people do that when you're at conventions or something you'll have like a star wars t-shirt oh, on yeah. and you're like you got that at target didn't you right you're you're <laughs> fake you're you're a phony yeah, like, like yeah like, i, I pff, i'm a hardcore geek i'll buy my shirts at target are you kidding me They're like ten dollars i'm like dude if target has a nice star wars shirt i'm buying it <laughs> i just got like a rebel alliance shirt at target for like 10 15 bucks i'm like yeah i'm buying it I was laughing a couple of weeks ago. I was trying to find just a black t-shirt and they, all the black t-shirts in the women's departments were just hideously cut. Like they were so bad. I was like, the guys must have a black t-shirt. Could not find a black t-shirt other than like 
a super emo V-neck one in the entire Target store. But I was walking around the men's section and they had a um, a Goonies t-shirt. Yep. And I'm like, they have a Goonies t-shirt at Target. I was totally baffled by it. But I say amen to that. Yeah, yeah. Concert. Oh, man. I didn't, I didn't get into music until middle school. And at that time, like, Green Day's Dookie had just come out. Um, I remember the first time I experienced Metallica's One. Oh, uh, yeah. Because it was a big deal. On, it was like an MTV music video. It was like a huge deal. A friend of mine was big into Metallica. He's like, you have to watch this video. It's like a movie. I'm like, oh, all right. Have, so, speaking of which, though, have you ever read the book Johnny Got His Gun? No. Oh, it's a must read. <laughs> well, it's what that whole, right. whole thing is based off of, but... It is the most intense, heart-wrenchingly awesome book. Like, because you're stuck in his head through the entire book. There's there's one chapter where it the chapter starts out one plus one is two, two plus two is four, four plus four is eight, eight plus eight is sixteen, and it goes on for like four pages. And then he's like, "Shit, I lost my place." One plus three is oh. four. One plus or four <sighs> plus four is eight. Eight plus five, you know, and like he keeps trying, just trying to keep just something to do. Yeah, but it' great. But every time I I see that Metallica video, I just think of the book, and it just makes the video even more painful to watch. But that video is haunting. Like it's terrifying to me. Like the and the song, I can't hear the song without seeing the video. But the song is still fantastic. With him just tapping his head on the bed sheet. Yeah, right, right. I remember just being terrified by that video. Have Uh, you? Have you heard the new Metallica? No, they got it like a deal with with uh, uh, Pandora or something, right? Uh, I don't know. I just know that uh, like Facebook and Twitter, everybody kept sharing the links. It's really good. It's it's like really, yeah. It's like going back to like the Justice for All days. Like it's it was really good. Not the fuel days, or oh. not the fuel days. Thank God. <laughs> or, or refueled. Oh God. Um, uh, you know what's funny? It, 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 this goes uh, – we've had conversations about this before about how sometimes like a public figure just does something that is just – you just don't like them anymore because <laughs> you just realize they're a complete douche. Yeah. Right? Like I have this like complete – like half of me still loves Metallica. Then the other half of me completely hates Metallica because James Hetfield is amazing. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. Everything he does, he's just he just is like everything he his whole persona is just cool. And then you get Lars. <laughs> and I'm just like, Ugh. Uh, Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Like with Metallica, I like everybody but Lars. I don't really I'm not into the new bassist too much. Uh but Lars, like I'm the same way. I'm a Fall Out Boy purist. <laughs> this is weird. I like Fall Out Boy's old stuff, but I can't stand Pete Wentz. Like, I just can't. I love the, the lead singer, Patrick, of Fall Out Boy. Mm-hmm. I love him to death. But I just cannot stand for the life of me, Pete Wentz. Like, he just screams of D-bag. Uh, I don't know if that'll ever change. But, you know, whatever. He's, so, he's an artiste. You, you don't like Trujillo, though? Mm. The, the new The newer bass player? I don't know. Maybe I'm just not used to him. Like I'm just you're, you're a Jason Newstead fan. I guess. Yeah. Like I, when I saw them live, it was uh, the new dude. I, I never remember his name. Um, when I Robert st- Trujillo. Trujillo. Yeah. The first time. The he's only- from like. Did you ever listen to like Suicidal Tendencies? Yeah. 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 He's from there. Um. 
but the only time I've seen them live, he was there, and it was a good show. <laughs> That's a funny story too. That concert, I was stoked to go see it because it had Deftones, and I've been a long, I've been like a lifetime Deftones fan. I've never seen them live, so I was excited to see them. And then it was also had Lincoln Park on the on the bill, and you know me, I'm a huge. You're like it's Lincoln Park. I'm huge. I'm there. Right, and then, <laughs> and then Metallica, but also Limp Bizkit was there. I'm like, ah. So I had we got there just in time for like the last Deftone song. I was so mad because it was in Chicago. It was in Illinois, so we had to do a long drive, and the people I were with were kind of annoying. Uh, <laughs> so we got there late. So I got there just in time for the Deftones, like the last song, and then Limp Biscuit comes on. I'm like, oh man! But at that time, I don't know if you've ever heard of Man Cow Muller. He's like a Chicago radio host who kind of yeah. had like a syndicated show too. Like he was kind of he was nationwide too, but. I don't know if he's still around or if he's on like satellite radio or whatever, but he's like a shock jock, like a like a Howard Stern type. But uh, I always found him fairly entertaining. But he hated Fred Durst to death, and he's based out of Chicago. So like they booed Limp Bizkit off stage. They threw bottles. They didn't finish their set. They left. Like, <laughs> it was the best thing I've ever seen. But the the weird part about that concert is when we got there, we're just walking up to find a good spot on the lawn, and I passed out. Like, I hadn't been drinking anything, I took no drugs, uh, nothing, but I collapsed. You're like, just like, I'm too tired for this. Like, we just got there! I'm like, it's only an hour drive! I, I had no idea what was wrong with me, but it was super, like, I was fine the rest of the day. Like, I got up, got some water, super fine. And I couldn't have been dehydrated, because it was like, I don't know, three in the afternoon, two in the afternoon? It was I, just... I've, I've had that before, though. So, there's this huge... But I can't remember if it was an actually concert or if it was like a bumper shoot or something. So Seattle has has these festivals every year. One, their big one's called Bumper Shoot. Is it bumper and or bumper? Bumper shoot, like Bum- an umbrella. Like an umbrella. That's yes. what that's what umbrellas are called up there. Bumper shoots. A bumper shoot. Yeah, you've never heard that before. No, I thought it was just some some crazy name for a festival. Bumper, like B U M B E. Yes, no, no P, no right, P. Right, not bumper, but bumper. Okay. All right. B-U-M-B-E-R-S-H-O-O-T. Like, it makes sense. I get it for why it's called, why it's another name for an umbrella, but I never heard that before. But yeah, they do it every every Labor Day weekend, so it's actually coming up now. And it might have been that, or it might have just been, you know, one of the radio stations doing a show. But I just remember it had this huge lineup of tons of bands, and I think it was like, and I'm probably totally screwing this up because my memories aren't aren't that great. I've got like the senior moments going, but um, <laughs> you're not that old. I I just remember though, like it was when Weezer like was just starting to get like MTV playtime and such. Yeah, and and I thought they were cool. We go to the show, and I want to say it was like like Modest Mouse opened up, and I think Hole was on the ticket, and then um. Maybe the Violet Femmes. Like, it was a good ticket, I remember. And I might be adding bands that weren't there or not adding bands. Modest there. Mouse seems but early. If that was... Modest Mouse has been around forever. They were, were... They've been, Be- been around since, like, 92. Before Weezer got famous, though? Like, it it was the Sweater song. It was that album, that tour. All right. All right. Go ahead. Okay. So, anyways, it was in the Key Arena. And we're down in, like, the mosh pit through the whole thing. And Weezer gets on, and I was like, oh, I kind of like these guys. I was so bored. I went up, found a seat, and I slept through their entire concert. And and I'm like a bratty teenager, so I'm just like, I hate that band. 
that band sucks, <laughs> They are so lame. I slept through the entire concert. Uh, I was at a rock show and I slept through it. That's how lame they are. And I was just, <laughs> I had the soapbox that I would pull out and I would just be like, screw Weezer. They suck. Right. I love Weezer now. <laughs> <laughs> right. If, they were, if somebody told me they were playing tomorrow, I'd be like, how do I get tickets? But at that time, my the bratty teenager self, I was just like, I hate that. I slept through the entire show. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I, like, Damn that sweater song. So stupid. <laughs> My musical tastes have been kind of all like, you know, middle school, I was big into like Candlebox and the grunge scene, you know, but I never dressed like the grunge scene. Like I was never wearing flannel, but like, uh, you know, Nirvana, of course, Pearl Jam. I was Pearl Jam bothered me. I don't know why they always kind of bothered me, uh, <laughs> uh, but I like, like, like Candlebox, uh, uh, Soundgarden, you know, the Seattle scene, essentially. Um, exactly. That was my music, and I was a Beavis and Butthead kid too. So I, I got all, a lot of my music from watching Beavis and Butthead uh, when they actually watched videos and stuff. Because even their shows had music videos back in the day on MTV. And the the commentary it was almost like Mystery Science Theater, but for music. Like they were always great to just make fun of. I I totally agree though. I love that like early '90s Seattle sound. Um, I was when like Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Nirvana, and all that started getting big. I was in junior high, I think, mm-hmm. probably like seventh, eighth grade. And then by the time I got to ninth grade, because I got into them early, because my brother, you know, was older than me, so he was into them early, I I was a complete jerk of a music snob. Like, like I said, I would make fun of if people wore a Pearl Jam shirt with the stick figure, because they obviously got that at like Kmart or something. And if... They were, like, talking about something. I just, like, you're such a Pearl Jam fan. And that was, like, my insult for them because I was, like, Soundgarden is way better. And then <laughs> and then they came out with Black Hole Sun, and then I was, like, ew. But, like, I was obsessed with Mother Love Bone. Mm-hmm. Everything. Like, I listened to the, that album nonstop. I was always trying to find, like, an original release of Apple and just, just <laughs> stupid. But... I think I was the only person in Seattle that couldn't stand Nirvana. And to this really? day, I'm not, I'm not a big Nirvana. I love the Incesticide album where it's all just sort of like fun, punky sounds, you know? But yeah, yeah I, I can I can deal with them, but I don't – I'm not a, not a big Nirvana fan, hmm. strangely enough. But I did like Candlebox. Yeah, I, I used to listen to the Candlebox CD like back and forth. I don't know. Uh, live I liked too. Uh, but that was short-lived. I didn't like them for very long. <laughs> I liked Alice in Chains, too. Al- yes, I, I forgot Alice in Chains. We were just talking about that today because a song came on at work, and uh, the guy I worked with was like, oh, this song makes me think of Terminator Salvation. I'm like, you know what? That is a well-placed Alice in Chains song in that movie. Like, it's right at the beginning, and it's just it just works, and it makes the movie better. Like, it's not a great movie by any means, but it still made that movie better. Better than Genesis, at least. <laughs> I don't remember it in there. Uh, he's like on his motorcycle or something and like riding around and it's playing like on a boom box or something. Well, that's a, that's a good question. Is there like, obviously that one, but are there any other movies that when a song plays on it, that song is so perfectly played. Like it's such a great song. And in that scene, it, it's just made for that scene that you can think of. I there's one, and it's gonna make me sound like such a such a hypocrite because I've hated these movies forever. Is Transformers one? There is a used song that comes on that just like he's being chased. Like it's one of the first chase scenes, 
uh, where he finds out his car is a transformer or whatever. And <laughs> yeah. it's uh, pretty, uh, what is it, awkward? Uh, the name of the song, I'll have to look it up. But it, uh, I listen to that song like on repeat that summer. It's, like, it's just a well-placed, crappy, you know, pop rock song. Not pop punk, but, but pop it rock. Just, but it just, it just, fit. it just totally fit the scene. And- yeah, yeah, it fits so well. You know what else does, too? Like, it's, it's so weirdly placed is uh, the Linkin Park song that starts up in the credits of Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter. <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why it fits so well to me. Like, I'm like, this should be ridiculous because it's not in present time. And Linkin Park, actually, it is. The end of the movie, the end of the movie jumps gonna, forward. You gotta just <laughs> introduce this conversation as, okay, so this is gonna sound weird, but... <laughs> right. Right. The gonna... Lincoln Park song <laughs> at the beginning of Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, very strategically awesome placed. What a weird, <laughs> what a weird sentence you just spoke to me. <laughs> like, hey, I'm just repeating what you said. No, I know that's what somebody would be thinking as you said it. <laughs> exactly, you're like, um, yeah. Go... I like that though. With um, did you ever see the movie Garden State? Oh, of course. So Garden State. I saw it at the Seattle Film Festival, and I was, like, up there visiting my brother, and it was, like, shortly after my mom passed away. Mm-hmm. And my brother had heard about it, and he's just like, this movie looks really cool. And I'd seen a couple of trailers. I was like, yeah, I want to see that. So we go up and see it. And it's for, for the time in my life, you know, that I was at that time, that movie was so perfectly placed. But there's the scene where they're sitting in the doctor's office, and he first meets Natalie Portman. Yeah, and, and she gives him the headphones. The headphones is like the song will change your life. Yeah, and it's like my favorite Shin song to this day. Like that song is so awesome, and you start hearing it and the melody of it, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh my god, they did this <laughs> perfect. Yeah, it was that whole soundtrack is really good. Oh, it's so um, good. Pretty Handsome Awkward is the name of the used song. You should check it out. I know you won't like it, but you should check it out. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I was just thinking, every song that's in Guardians of the Galaxy, perfectly well-placed. Totally. Um, that, that's And it was so awesome, too. I, I don't know if most people know this, but when they came out with the mixtape, yeah. they actually put it online, like on iTunes and stuff for free. For, or not iTunes, I can't remember. Maybe it was Amazon or something. I think it, it was, was Apple Music. Oh, was it a download? I thought it was like yeah. You can okay. download the entire album for free, but they only they only released it for free for like like forty eight hours. Mm. So you had the small window of opportunity to download it, but a ton of people got it for free, and it's still it, it falls into one of my mixes every now and again. I'll just be randomly shuffling through music, and I'll be like, "What this song? Oh, <laughs> it's on that one." Like yeah, I, I've got Cherry Bomb in my in my mix now because of that CD. Like I've forgotten a lot of these songs, you know. Like, They're so good. Like, uh, Hooked on a Feeling, I can't listen to because that trailer, I watched it so many times, I can't listen to that song anymore. <laughs> but uh, Fooled Around and Fell in Love, I, I listen to that nonstop. Like, I don't, I don't know, but Cherry Bomb's still a great song. I can't stand the Pina Colada song, though. I, that, that's one song I'll never listen to. Oh, come on. I just can't do it. Uh, you have like Pina Colada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that song makes me think of the Red Rocker, Sammy Hagar, and I hate Sammy Hagar. Yeah, Hagar is not the not the best. So, do you have a favorite like soundtrack like that you can listen to any time? Like it's top notch, cool soundtrack. There was a time when Marvel made those crappy movies, <laughs> they, like Spider Man, those Spider Man, Punisher, and all that crap. But they'd always and Daredevil. They'd put out a soundtrack that always had really good music that I thought was good music at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they'd always have the rock bands that I liked, and then Nickelback. 
Um, <laughs> those rock bands that I like, and then Nickelback. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, like, those were always usually good. Like, I used to always just buy those. Even though the movie sucked, I'd buy the soundtrack because there was one or two, like, Seether song or, like, something that I, I, you couldn't get off an album, but it was only on the soundtrack. And back then, you had to buy the CD before iTunes came out. Uh, right. It was, like, at the birth of iTunes. Um, but a soundtrack. Like, Guardians is one. Right now, actually... Panic of the uh, Panic of the Disco. I say that because I'm looking at the track listing. The Suicide Squad soundtrack is actually better than I would have ever thought. I'm not a big rap fan, but I I'm digging this this Sucker for Pain song by by Lil Wayne, Wiz Khalifa, Imagine Dragons, uh, and, and X Ambassadors. I'm a, I like I like Imagine Dragons and X Ambassadors, but uh, I'm not a big Lil Wayne fan, even though he is like a hardcore Packers fan. Smart man. <laughs> Um, like it, it, my, my nephew has gotten me into 21 pilots and they're, they got the heathen song that's on suicide squad. And I like that song now, uh, this grace featuring G easy song. You don't own me is another good song. Cause that makes me think of Harley Quinn. Like it's like written for her. It's crazy. That's but like, awesome. I haven't heard anything off of it. I always feel like I always feel out of the loop when it comes to music because I really, really love music, but I kind of like walk along the outskirts of music all the time. Like right. I, I could tell you about the indie bands that nobody heard of, but I could not tell you what the top 40 songs are. And if you like Adele, I could pick out, but if you played me, Oh, I could do Adele and I could do Sia, but I could not mm-hmm. tell you any other top female artists. If they played a song, I can't, I, I can't like, do we listen to that crap? I'm sorry. It's crap to me, but rather we listen <laughs> to top, like top 40 crap at work all the time. Cause it's, a, it's acceptable. So I have to hear the same – I have to hear that Justin – and I respect Justin Timberlake a lot. I like some of his music. But I have to hear that song a hundred times a shift, you know? Like I, I'm just right. so sick of that song. Like I couldn't pick out – like there's this girl. I don't know what song it is, but it sounds like Rihanna. And I was just told recently it's not Rihanna. I'm like they all sound the same. Like I hate right. to say it because it makes me sound if, old. But if, all of if these voices – you play Katy Perry right now, I could not tell you it was Katy Perry. See, and- I could. I could. I get her voice. Like I, I can I can pick out a Taylor Swift song. I can pick out yeah, a Katy Perry song. Like, not that I like that, but I can pick out their voice at least. It sounds different. But this one chick sounds just like Rihanna. This other chick sounds just like Taylor Swift. No, I don't know who she sounded like, but I keep saying, oh, is this – oh, Michelle Branch. I'm like, is this Michelle Branch? And she's like, no, this is uh, early music from oh, – who's the chick that did a Fall Out Boy song? Or she's in the Fall Out Boy video. Uh, I have to look it up. But like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, this is her early – she's like a Disney star. Uh, like when she was a Disney star, it, like, but she's totally different now. Like she's super hot. I'll say that, but, um, <laughs> it, it's going to bother me. I got to find it. Uh, Demi Lovato. Like her, I don't, I've never heard that name before. Like that's how lame I am. <laughs> I didn't know she was a, a Disney chick. Uh, she was on Barney. It says, according to Wikipedia, when she was, a, when she was a kid. Oh man. Anyway, but. Yeah, like her early stuff, I'm like, oh, this sounds like Michelle Branch, and she's like, Michelle Branch, this is Demi Lovato. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know who that is, but okay. <laughs> sounds just well, like it. This is this is how you and I are totally dif- different because I'm thinking, okay, what are great soundtracks? Oh, the Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack, hands down, probably <laughs> like, the best soundtrack I've ever. Like a score. Well, no, like have like just a soundtrack. Have well, you heard the, the Oh Brother Where well, Art Thou? Yeah, I mean, it's all in the movie. It's so good. Like Amy Lou Harris and oh my gosh, it's amazing. But then um gosh, what would be another one? Uh Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. I could listen to that soundtrack non Breakfast Club. 
Ooh, that's a good one, too. Um, I would say the music in the movie Suicide Squad is better than the album, though, because the album's got, like, songs made for the movie. But, like, songs in the movie, like, you got, uh, um, like, House of the Rising Sun, uh, Sympathy for the Devil by the Stones, um, Dirty... Which is always a classic. Right. Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap by ACDC, like... <laughs> Uh, Seven Nation Army, which is like in everything, but uh, just Bohemian Rhapsody, Ballroom Blitz was in the trailer. It wasn't in the movie, though. But uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, The Fortunate Son, was actually on the soundtrack, and I didn't realize I didn't own that, so now I do because I have the soundtrack. Uh, like, the the songs in the movie that don't get on the soundtrack, which I'll never understand. I guess maybe it's a licensing thing. But uh, those songs, I mean, the soundtrack still stands up, but those songs are better than the soundtrack. Like, they should just put those all on one and call it now music. Right. You want to know what, though, is another, like, when we were talking about Garden State, you want to know another one of those, like, super cool, chill soundtracks is Juno. Oh, Did you yeah. Ever, like, Juno has the greatest songs. Like, it's got, and it's, like, the weirdest like groups like they've got the kinks on there but then they also got bell and sebastian you know it's it's (laughs) the weirdest soundtrack but it's so good i i can remember i'm gonna go back to being in middle school like uh, or high school when i first saw somebody wearing like a deftone shirt like i'm like oh what is deftones like i see the shirt then i see it on tv like kids wearing it i'm like what is that and then i I get you know influenced and my life is over um because now i know cool music uh, but, but the first time I heard the name Bell and Sebastian, like, I'm like, is that some dude that sings like sappy, like ballads? Like, it sounds like one Kinda. name, <laughs> it sounds like the name of one dude who sings like eighties ballads. <laughs> like, like, is this like a new Mike, Michael Bolton type dude? Like, and, and then of course I figured out what it is, but you're like, nope, it's, it's emo. It's totally emo. <laughs> right. Um, gosh, who, what I'm trying to think of like those staples in my youth too with like music like i was always a huge tribe called quest fan like well not when i was like a kid but like high school college times mm-hmm. could not get enough tribe um and to this day so i have to deliver a lot of stuff to el segundo and have you ever heard the song i left my wallet in el segundo yeah there's a free <laughs> Every time I have to type that onto a packing memo or I have to instruct shipping, I sing it and I sit it at my desk and everybody just looks at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, what? You don't know the tribe song? I'm like, I left my wallet in El Segundo. I gotta get, I got, got. And they're like, stop, please. And I'm like, come on, man. What's funny for that song, I get reminded of a movie or a TV show called Sleeper Cell that was on Showtime uh, many years ago. A great show. If you've never seen it, see it. It is amazingly well done. What's it called? Sleeper cell. It's about a FBI uh, agent who goes undercover in a terrorist sleeper cell to try to find out where the next attack is going to be. It only lasted two seasons. I thought it was amazing. I really liked it. Um, huh. But one of the guys is like uh, German, I think. One of the terrorists is German, or uh, maybe not German, but he's that's one of his favorite songs. He does that karaoke. I left my wallet in El Segundo. <laughs> gotta oh, get it. Head. I got got to get it. And here, <laughs> to hear him sing it in that accent, it's just it's fantastic. That's, I, that probably what I sound like. <laughs> no, no, not, not even. No, I'm, a I'm, I'm probably pretty close to it. I am. Oh, I, you know what? I just Empire Records has a really good soundtrack. Oh, that is a good soundtrack. I forgot about that one. That's your your early 90s or mid 90s, like right before grunge, like right at grunge. Like it's all that like gin blossoms and and cranberries and toad the wet sprocket and better than Ezra type stuff. Um, Also, High Fidelity. 
That was what I was just going to say. I was like, High Fidelity was another one. That last scene in, was it High Fidelity, the one with Jack Black, right? Yeah. Um, That last scene where where he, uh, or Jack Black through the entire movie is trying to get them to go to a show. And mm-hmm. they, they won't because he's just a jackass. Because nobody <laughs> likes him. Yeah, he's, yeah, nobody he's likes an him. elitist. And he plays at the end. And just the expressions on everybody's face, you're like, damn, he's good. He, yeah, yeah. He, uh, that, he plays that role so perfect because he's such the music snob. And they, they all were, essentially, in that movie. They're all just, you know, snobby music dudes. But that I love that movie. I can watch that movie. That and Empire Records. I'll watch it back oh. to back. The uh, the whole scene where um, I just called to say I love you. It's like, is she dying of cancer? Yeah, she right. <laughs> like Why so would you bad. buy this? <laughs> right. um, so bad. Um, this, this website, Paste Magazine, puts Oh Brother, Where Art Thou as the number one soundtrack uh, of all time. As it should. It's number two is name. Purple Rain. Ooh. But number three is Garden State. Well, top five, it's got to have Flash Gordon. Uh, no, it's got the grad, the graduate and, uh, help. Oh, I don't know if I'd put help on that list, but the graduate I can see. I, you know, and I'll, I'll take slack for this. I'm not a Beatles fan. Oh yeah. Are you, there's always that like divide. There's like the people that are super stones fans and then super Beatles fans. I'm not a super stones fan, but I like the stones better than the Beatles. Interesting. I'm kind of, I'm, I, I'm a huge stones fan. Like I love early stones hate later stones and it's kind of the same with the beatles like i am when the beatles got more psychedelic and such not so much but i love like the early you know like the 50s 60s beatles like before they got weird mm-hmm. i really like that but i'm also like a big elvis you know and classic fan yeah yeah i i my boss will hate me for saying that i'm not an elvis fan he's a huge elvis fan like his wi-fi oh. his wi-fi password has elvis in it somewhere like, <laughs> he's just a hardcore Elvis. He'll sing a song and like, you know what that is, Dave? I'm like, I don't know, but it's probably Elvis. <laughs> it probably is. You want to know? Want to know what another awesome soundtrack is? Have you ever seen the movie Rushmore? Yeah, that soundtrack is amazing. Hmm. It's so good. It's got it's got all it's got a lot of Mark Mothersbaugh, which you can't go wrong with. But it's got like Cat Stevens. It's got the Who. The Kinks make their appearance on anything that is awesome and timely. <laughs> right. There are two bands that I'm I'm telling you that no matter when in your life, you can always find a song that it will fit the soundtrack of your life. The Kinks and the Zombies. And Evanescence. Don't ruin that for me. <laughs> we, were, we were having this good conversation and you went and ruined it. <laughs> you went and ruined it. Seriously, though, like, I've been listening to a ton of the Zombies again. Mm-hmm. And... They were way ahead of their time. Like that band, you know, do you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. They're they're amazing. Like so good, but the Kings are another one of those two that depending on what you're doing in life, you can find a song that will fit it by either one of those artists. I wanted to add, I thought of this earlier. I'm going to feed away from music now since we've been talking about that for a long time. Uh, <laughs> what we're we're in August now, almost September. What is left like in the movie realm that you're looking forward to? I really want to see that movie. Don't breathe. What is that? I saw, movie? I'm hearing things about it and I saw one trailer for it, which it was at work. So I didn't really get to hear it. Like what, what's the deal with that movie? So it could be 
amazing or it could be just blah because it's getting a lot of hype. But a lot of really creditable people in the horror genre is saying it's probably one of the best horror movies in the last 10 to 15 years. Hmm. It's I don't know the whole premise, but it, it's in layman's term. It's these people are going to rob this guy, but he's blind. Okay. But the guy is, is the a, guy. The guy is that the guy from Avatar? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he's like, he's almost like Daredevil. He can like hear you breathe and smell you when you walk into a room. Of course. And he just brutalizing these like, yeah, they <laughs> should have thought twice of messing with the blind guy. But I guess it's like they don't go into a lot of details, but a lot of the reviews are. It's brutal. Like, they show, you know, the classic things in the trailer, like night vision where the kid's like there and then you see somebody grab him and you know what have you. But it's supposed to it's supposed to be just intense suspicion, you know, suspicion. Uh, and it's just just that anxiety you get because you're being stalked kind of feeling. OK, I, I still um, have to what, finish uh, the green room. I haven't watched that yet. I, I want to see that. I've liked really it. Bad, though. It makes me sad to watch it though, because it's uh, Anton yeah. Yelchin's last movie. Like, or by that I know, you know, aside from Star Trek, but like, it still makes me sad. But he, he's, and it's Patrick Stewart as as an as, as a, a bad guy, as a skinhead, yeah. <laughs> it's like I a caught, Nazi. I caught like the fr- like, so I was at a friend's house and it was on TV, but it, there was too much going on to actually focus. So I caught little like glimpses of it, and. I loved it for the fact that it totally felt like home. They did an awesome job, like capturing that Pacific Northwest feel. Because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of like a lot of times we'd go to concerts and you would drive up to like Snohomish or you'd go out to like North Bend, and it would be down this like crickety street, but it would be a big venue, so you'd go see, and there the bar would be full or you know the venue would be full, but you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I'm watching it, and it's always you know that dark damp feel and i was like "Ooh, they did a good job with this um so i got i caught a few glimpses of what happens but i haven't actually seen it but yeah, it I'm, looks amazing i'm at the part where things are about to really pick up like it's, you know the, some some stuff has gone down and now it's got to get about to get crazy have you um are you excited about the new blair witch i want to be because I remember being stoked for the first one when everyone thought it was real, you know? Like, you know, you had no idea. Um, yeah. But I just am not sure it's going to be any good. Like, it's, you know, like, it's it's still Blair Witch. So, right. I mean, I, I really want it to be good. Like, I, I, I'm still a fan of, like, found good found footage movies. And this isn't found footage, obviously. I don't think. I think no, I don't think it's found footage, but I think it's one of them that it's still shaky cam. Oh, okay. Not, not entirely because it's <clears throat> more of the, more of a the, realism type thing. Yeah, yeah. The premise is is that the brother of the girl that went missing in the first one mm-hmm. goes searching for her. Yeah, right. So it's basically his team trying to find them. So it's basically a repeat of the first one. But I kind of I kind of like the idea because it's you know they they're rebooting it and modernizing it. Without just redoing it. Oh right, you know, so, right. It's it's so, not really a reboot. It's more of a continuation. Yeah. Like yeah, totally. like uh, Tron did. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which I wish we were getting more Tron. I I love Tron, and plus, uh, 
Olivia Wilde is in it. So <laughs> can't go wrong there. Um, do you know – I should probably look this up. Do you know when Assassin's Creed comes out though? I want to say November. That's uh, the one that I'm like – I'm excited about. But I'm also like it's either going to be awesome or it's going to be just blah. Is that like – are you excited because it's Fastbender or – Well – it doesn't hurt that it's Fastbender, but right. like, I, I don't play video games, but Patrick used to play Assassin's Creed all the time, so I remember like the scenery and some of the storylines and stuff. I played the and first I, one. Uh, December 16th, it comes out. Oh, so it's out of way still. Um, December or September? December. You say, yeah, it's got a ways. But um, I just remember when he would play it, I was just like, this could totally be a movie. That's you exactly know? what I thought. Yeah, so I'm excited that they're doing it. And Fastbender doesn't necessarily pick bad roles, you know? So I'm I'm assuming it's going to be good. I it's going to be good. Right. I played the first one and then I realized that Kristen Bell is the voice of like the 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 nurse that's like in modern time. Um if you don't know if you know the story at all. Um like she's the one sending you back. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, if they would have got her for the movie, I'd be more excited. <laughs> but Because <laughs> then it all makes sense. Yeah, but that's okay. Like, yeah, I remember playing it. I'm like, this is pretty fantastic gameplay. And, like, I just got bored because those kind of games bore me. Or I, I have a hard time. I, I like a little more structure to my game. And there's just too much freedom in that game uh, to just do whatever you want type of thing like open world type stuff like right i like that with like your grand theft auto when i'm drunk and and i want to just go around and kill people for no for no good reason like <laughs> but like with that with a game with a story that's so intricate like that like i want to just follow the story but it, it's too open for me maybe i'm maybe i'm showing the signs of my age and i'm too uh, traditional but well, that's that's what I was gonna say. I think that's why I don't like most video games, or I'm not intrigued to play them. Is that I like that you start, you go parallel, you go horizontal across the screen, and then you get to the end point. You know, but every now and again, you can go down a tube and get to like the fourth level. Right, and I'm okay <laughs> with that. But you know, like the Arkham games, the Batman games, they have all these side quests, but it's laid out in a way where it's like if you're a completist you want to do them. And plus it's a Batman story. So why not? It's a, there's a story attached to those side quests, you know? So like, you really want to find out what's going on with, with Catwoman. So you're doing all these Riddler quizzes to save Catwoman. And, and plus you want to hit that. So, uh, <laughs> no, oh, uh, no uh, or, or you want to save Robin, you know, like you want to see what's going on there. And, you know, then Nightwing is helping you take down Penguin. So if you do those side quests, you get to be Peng or you get to be Nightwing at sometimes like, these side quests are pretty cool in that way where it's not, it's not too many where you're like just chasing down side quests and not following the story at all. Cause it'll show you how much percent you have of the side quests done or how much of the main story you have done. I like that, that cause it doesn't feel like it's un, never ending. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like I, like I said, I never gotten into them that, that much, but yeah. What is this Morgan movie? Have you heard anything about know. that? Like, no. like the hashtag is Morgan is deadly. Interesting. And the hashtag is also what is Morgan? Like, it's just a teaser. Like, it's a 10 second teaser is what I've been seeing. Uh, it's by Ridley Scott, too. Ooh, with, interesting. With uh, Kate Mara and some other people, Jennifer Jason Lee and Paul Giamatti. Oh, there is a two minute trailer that came out in June. But uh, like, I've just been seeing these hashtags. 
And I'm like, what is this movie? Maybe I have to check it out. So is it a horror movie? It looks like it's some kind of weird suspense movie. I'm just kind of watching the trailer without sound right now. But it's Ridley Scott. Oh, it's produced by Ridley Scott. I'm sorry. And Kate Mara, again, another person I'm in love with. <laughs> uh, and is it year. bad to say, though, that like as we're talking like horror movies and stuff, I kind of want to see that, what's it called, Kubo or whatever? The, um, oh, the, yeah, the Kubo. samurai action or cartoon I, movie? I saw that trailer a hundred times this year, it seems like. And only like the last couple times that I've seen the longer trailer have I ever wanted to see it. Like actually wanted to see it. Like now it looks okay, but like the Matthew McConaughey stuff doesn't make me laugh in the trailer. Like I he's a big bug dude and I should be laughing and it's just I'm not laughing. <laughs> I oh, didn't even know McConaughey was in it. <laughs> I don't know what this movie is. It's like this little girl or this girl, not little. Like she's being like experimented on and she just jumps up and stabs this woman in the eye you don't get to see her you don't ever see her face in this trailer she's like wearing a hoodie and wow i don't they're in this lab is all i can tell and wow she's just really pale she kind of looks like l or 11 but speaking of which i just really want them to come out with season two faster than they are I'll, I'm excited to watch it again. Like, even though I know she's got these telekinetic powers, uh, but no, even though I know what happens, like I'm, I'm excited to see it. My boss and his wife watched it and he's like, I don't get it. I'm like, I'm hope I'm thinking maybe you got stuck into the hype, you know, like it got overhyped for you. Maybe he's, he's like, I just, there's too many like holes in the story. I'm like, well, what's a hole? Give me one of those holes. And he's like, well, the fact that none of these parents are ever, after the one goes missing, like they're never not worried about their kids, like enough, like they're out there in the middle of the night, like the two teenagers where I'm like, I guess, and maybe that didn't bother me because I'm not a parent, but I don't know. It just, cause there's only three or four days. This, this whole thing takes well, place over three or four days. Ha- who, how old is, are these younger, the, young, young fifties? Uh, I think, Oh yeah. They're, so they're older than us. But he but. he gets cool stuff like he likes the superhero movie like he gets that kind of like Game of Thrones he's into and because like I I'm always curious if like you know somebody that like just turned twenty would like it or not like That's, JD I know would love it because JD has that kind of sense of he's got the alien the eighties yeah. thing yeah he likes aliens yeah, so he likes the uh, you know the older stuff but um yeah I I don't know it's 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 interesting. Um, I I absolutely loved it though. I thought, I mean, and yeah, you can you can poke holes in a lot of stuff though. It just depends on how how critical you want to be. I guess that goes back to our whole conversations about critics versus fanboys, right? You know, it's like just enjoy it. I I absolutely love it, and I I wish I can remember the, the actor that played the sheriff. He was so good. Um, yeah, I don't know who he is. Like <laughs> he just looks good. He was on he was on Newsroom for a while. Oh, that's a show I probably um, should watch. He's he's been in some he's been in some things, but he was so good in it. I loved him. I was like, oh, so good. Um, and all the kids were just awesome. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, the uh, the hashtag today on Twitter, just to kind of a spoiler alert, if you haven't been on Twitter, is that the they announced that they are doing a season two. Oh, it's official now. It's official now, and the um creator said that there will be justice for barb i've heard that earlier this weekend yeah 
uh, that, but, like, but it was it was like if we get a second season, there will be justice for Barb, and it'll be addressed because people are asking like, how come nobody's looking for Barb? And he's like, you know, this is only like two or three days. This or three or four days. Like this takes place over, and we're only looking at it in this small prism of these kids. So the community might have been looking for Barb, um, and not just you know the, the, her friend. Right. Right. Like I'm sure. I'm- I'm sure they were because Will's missing and then now Barb's missing. Now, of course, the, like the, the, the cops are full into it. Like they're all looking. Right. And there's a bunch of weird stuff going on with that lab. Yeah. I, Can I've I heard... just say Netflix? Hello, you're awesome. <laughs> like, you know, you know, in October, the rumor is, is Black Mirror season three. It, uh, I keep hearing. Uh, I just saw a casting thing, too, uh, for a couple people for that show. Um, you've you've seen the Black Mirror seasons one and two, right? I have now. I've seen them all. Like I waited to watch that last episode because I didn't want it to end. Oh, uh, the uh, the Christmas one? No, I watched that yeah. one. The, just the the third one of the second season. Like I, for whatever reason, I just didn't watch it. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I just know. I, but you know, Robert Downey Jr. is making a movie out of the entire history of you episode, right? Or he's trying. Interesting. To, he bought the rights to it. That's uh, kind of cool. Yeah, like, yeah. That that's the one that had Domino Gleason in it, right? Um, I want the car wreck and no, that had Toby Kebbell. Uh, oh, okay. This is the one with the contact lens or the, the implant in the eye. The grain implanted behind their ear. Okay, got it. That I was thinking this yeah. is the one with uh, where they scan social media and pull everything out, and they can recreate you. Oh no no no. Um, no, no, oh, no. that's that's I'll this be right is, back. This is I the think. redos thing, where they can kind of redo. Got it. They can yeah, redo. where they're just they're like, "What was that expression about? What expression?" And then they rewind and play it. Yeah, right. That one was weird. So, uh, well, they're all weird. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know. I I would have been more excited if Robert Downey Jr. would have got. Um, I'll be right back. That yeah. that one is is out of like White Bear is a really good creepy episode, but. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Plus, I have a huge crush on him, but it's so heart wrenching. But it's so disturbing too. Like um, most actually, is, but I don't know if this is reliable or not. But October twenty first, twenty sixteen, the first six episodes will be released. That's all, and they're doing six episodes because they were they're doing, doing three they're doing, episodes a, a season. It's twelve actually, and they're splitting it up to be in 2016 and 2017, but they're calling it series three and series four. Um, but the, I am so excited. It says September, 2015 Netflix commissioned a third season to consist of 12 episodes, but yeah, it says it's going to be on October 21st, 2016, but it's written like in the UK, the way the UK does dates 21, October, 2016. So I don't know if we're getting it the same time the UK does. I think if it's a network or Net- Netflix, it probably right. is. Cause they're, but, uh, three stars I'm totally into Mackenzie Davis, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Alice Eve are going to be in it. Like, yeah, Mackenzie Davis. Watch- if you don't know who she is, she was in The Martian. She's the the younger girl who finds him. Right, right. Martian. And she's also in Halt and Catch Fire. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, I just hope though they keep it because all the episodes released so far, season one and two, and even the the John Hamm Christmas one. Mm-hmm. They all link together. Even though you can watch them individually, they all have the same. Well, they all they're have, in the same universe. They all have know? episode names already. 
they all have episode names. The episode names are the greatest thing about them. Uh, okay, so give me, give me some of the episode names. This is the first six, season three, and they actually show which episodes the actors are in. Um, San Junipero is the first one. Uh, and that's got Gugu Mbatha Raw and Mackenzie Davis in it. I don't know who that first person is. Uh, Shut Up and Dance is the second one with Jerome Flynn and Alex Lothar. Uh, Nosedive is the third one with Bryce Dallas Howard, Alice Eve, and James Norton. Men Against Fire, Michael Kelly, Malachi Kirby, and Madeline Brewer. Hated in the Nation with just Kelly McDonald. Interesting. And Playtest with Wyatt Russell and Hannah John Kamen, directed and written by Dan Trachtenberg, who I like a lot, who's done... He did, he did 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, Ooh. And, uh, yeah, he, that's really all he's done. But you, you know what I what I mean, though? Like, so the first one, it goes with, it starts off, you know, with uh, the politician. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it, the episode. The National which, Anthem. Yeah. Um, so it starts off with that, and it's all just a thing about basically media. Right. Mm-hmm. Then it goes into the history of you where you're recording things, which kind of links into that first episode. Then there's that really weird. I call it the well, 15, 15 million merits is, is before history of you. That's the one. That's the one where the guy's like riding the bike forever, trying to get things to become the like the next American Idol. Is it that um, one? Uh, yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So that one still, you know, it's it's public acceptance and things like that. So as it goes on. They're totally different storylines, but you can tell how they're all in the same universe. You know, you can tell that the contact lenses would be very important in like the one where Waldo wants to become president. Right. You know, but did did you you watch the John Hamm version episode, right? Yeah. Geniusly written because that one that one basically sums up all the episodes in one. But how. That one, I think, had the biggest overtone of feeling like a Twilight Zone. Oh, you know? well, yeah. It had this this weird, creepy feel to it the entire time because you can tell John Hamm knows something he's not telling. Yeah. Um, and you're just waiting for that, that shoe to drop. Like, you're just waiting for it. But the guy who writes all of these, like just about all of them, Charlie Brooker, he's writing all but two episodes of season three. One of the episodes is written by Michael Schur and Rashida Jones. Rashida Jones from uh, Parks and Rec and The Office. Interesting. You know who she is, right? You know who I'm talking I, about? I do, yeah. Yeah, from social, she was the lawyer, one of the lawyers in Social right, Network. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she's awesome. Michael Schur, I think, is like one of the executive producers or writers from The Office. Um, and he was uh, Moe's Schrute, <laughs> Dwight Schrute's brother. Right, right. Uh, our cousin. Um, but yeah. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I wonder if that's going to be like, if it's going to be any more of a comedy, but that's the one with Bryce Dallas Howard, Alice Eve and James Norton. So I don't know if that's going to have more of a comedic thing to it. Well, I mean, some of the episodes had, I mean, the, uh, the national anthem one definitely had a comedic overtone. Oh, well, yeah. Cause um, he's like a shock jock type guy. And then the Waldo one definitely had the overtone to it. You know, what's the Waldo, Waldo one again? The Waldo one is the, the guy who creates the character. That's what that's like, what I'm thinking of. Yeah, he's like the the shock jock type guy. He's like yeah, the yeah, and, and yeah. He's basically like watching the Trump election now, but <laughs> maybe uh, with a little more conscience. It's like watching um, just the election, period. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the the other one that I was talking about is the one with uh, 
where the princess gets kidnapped. Right, right. And the prime minister. Yeah, with has, Rory, yeah. Rory Kinnear and, uh, yeah, I know that one. It took me, like, forever. Patrick had to, like, notice this. The politician, the prime minister, mm-hmm. is Frankenstein's monster from Penny Dreadful. And I totally didn't relate the two actors. Like, it's the <laughs> same actor in both. I was just like, I only picture you as Frankenstein's monster. Which one? I don't remember who played the prime minister. Um, Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> Rory Kinnear was Frankenstein's monster? Yeah, I you're right. You're right. Yeah, I totally, like, I couldn't picture it until, until it was pointed out to me. Now I can totally see it, but I, cu- I couldn't tell. It was oh, interesting. They're doing a Watership Down series? What? They're doing, a, like, a miniseries for British, Irish, American animated TV. Nice. And it'll be on Netflix in 2017. That's what I'm saying is Netflix with, with is ruling. James McAvoy, Nicholas Holt, John Boyega, Ben Kingsley, and Gemma Arterton? Dude. Dude. That's a cast. <laughs> yeah, McAvoy. So, yeah, it's... I don't know, though. That, that original one screwed me up. The 72 one? Yeah. Yeah. Or, no, not 72. Was it 72? I don't know. It's old. It, it's, yeah, it's 70s-ish. But... Yeah, there's a certain cartoons when you're a kid that you watch and then they still, to this day, you don't realize. Like, The Secret of Nim. Yeah, I was just going to say Secret of Nim. <laughs> is one. Or, or The Dark Crystal. Yeah. Like, I you didn't... go back and you look at the, like, the tone of those stories. Yeah. They're so disturbing. And Five Goes West. I mean, come on. Five Goes West. <laughs> uh, all right. I think. Old dogs go to heaven, man. I think that's good enough for a show tonight. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I would like to do a little bit of business here. Head over to AtomicKeekdom.com for Jenny's article about Scarella, we called it. Because <laughs> somebody couldn't pronounce it during one of the geek outs, but it's Scare LA 2016. She'd get a good write-up and some, some audio and some pictures. It'll be posted uh, the night before, hopefully, uh, this podcast comes out, if I don't just fall asleep at the desk. Um, otherwise, it'll be out this week, for sure. Um, I'm not going to wait much longer on it. Also... We have a giveaway going on right now. It ends on Thursday, though, so you're going to want to enter it immediately. And uh, all those people that were, uh, were talking about, like, the old stuff, yeah, it's the most epic, I think, giveaway yet. This like, thing's it huge. It makes me feel like a kid, and it's, it's amazing. It's two feet tall. I mean, it's not two feet tall, but it's close to two feet tall. Uh, it lights up. It takes batteries. I mean, batteries not included, but I mean, we're giving you this awesome thing. It's this. Uh, I, I I've been so out of Transformers. I didn't even know this character existed, but um, it's uh, where is my thing? Oh, it's gone. Anyway, uh, Fortress <laughs> Fortress Maximus is the thing. Is what it's called. It, like it's this giant robot, of course, because it's transformed. But it transforms into the Transformers base. Like it's <laughs> come on. They live in this guy. It's crazy. Yeah, you have to you have to look at it too, like all constructed and like how it it's so awesome. It's got two landing pads and like this would be the coolest thing I would have ever owned as a child. <laughs> like this and the ectodrome from Turtles. Like <laughs> that's it. That's all I need. I'm done. I don't need any more. T- no, I need the Nintendo. Mom, I need the Nintendo. You got to go get me the Nintendo. <laughs> uh, but as as it stands right now, we have 128 entries. So you're gonna want to. I mean, this as we're recording, and there's two days left. So jump on that now. Get on that as many, you know, if we do more of these, if we want to do more of these, we need people to enter these contests and 
you don't have to pay anything. Shipping's included. You know, it's all good. We'll take care of it. And there's two more this month, this coming month that we have, uh, that we might do if this one succeeds. And trust me, they're Star Wars and Batman related. You want us to do these. Uh, hey, I, and at Comic-Con this year, too, the Entertainment Earth booth, people were lining up to buy stuff like this and you can win it. Yeah, so, we've done. And you can enter more than once, right? You can enter every day. And like multiple, you can get points for doing it in different ways, right? Like, right. The three easiest ones are following us on Twitter and just two or just two pals and two bro geeks. Follow us on Twitter. That's three entries immediately, just for doing that. And then you can tweet every day about the giveaway. That's every day. And then you you just go to Facebook and like something, you know, like us on Facebook. I mean, it's all there in this little raffle copter uh, thing here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you just there's two you have to do, and that's follow us on Twitter and tweet about it. You have to do those two, and then you can that unlocks it, so you can do more different entries. It's so easy. Um, I, I wish I could win. That's all I'm saying. And so do that. Help us out. Just go to topicgeekdom.com. It's right at the top. It says Transformers giveaway. You cannot miss it. Also, right at the top is a cool f- uh, sale from Entertainment Earth. If you're a big Funko fan, like Jenny and myself are, where we're just addicted it's to an these addiction. things. Uh, <laughs> If you want to buy five right now, get them ready for Christmas, you'll get the sixth one for free. Oh, free. Oh, man. You know there's four Flash Gordon ones now. There you go. Uh, they're coming out with new ones, like, on the daily. I got to say on the daily today. That's, that's pretty cool. By the, by the way, I just got a Funko keychain. Have you seen the keychains? <laughs> uh, yeah. I got a Jason Voorhees keychain. Wow. I wish I, I just can't do keychains. I like I don't like having things in my pockets. You got purses, oh. so. Well, I I have what I have like this really cute like Wonder Woman wallet with like a handle, you know, like a oh, wrist. Oh, sure. So I put my I have a carabiner. I put my keys on it, and then I it weighs, so I can I don't have to like put it, my hand through the thing. It's like heavy on both sides. Nice. Works too. When I'm at like a restaurant, I just throw it over top of a chair, and the keys weigh down the wallet side. I don't think this person listens, but I took a picture of it and it's on our, I retweeted it on our Twitter, uh, from my own Twitter, but this dude I was behind his license plate is it's a trap. (laughs) And he's got a picture, like a sticker of Admiral Akbar right on the bumper (laughs) next to that. Like, dude, you won. It's over. You, you win everything. (laughs) You have the coolest car. Uh, it's just awesome. So, all right, yeah, so follow us on Twitter, at Atomic Geekdom. We're on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Easy to find. Do all that stuff. Subscribe to all of our, our network of podcasts, Two Broke Geeks, Just Two Pals, and our latest wrestling podcast, uh, Ringside Geeks, which uh, we just released an episode talking all about SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver and all the fallout from that, which has already changed already because of Monday Night Raw, people getting hurt at... <laughs> at SummerSlam, so things are different already, and I haven't watched Raw yet, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. We'll have Jenny on to talk early 80s wrestling at some point, and Patrick maybe, because Patrick likes wrestling too, I believe. Oh my gosh, yeah, he can he can definitely talk you guys up on that one. Him and Tom. Not so much the newer stuff, but yeah. probably, probably late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, him and maybe Tom. Maybe mid-90s, later 90s. That's, that, then now you're getting me. <laughs> so. All right. We'll do it. We'll we'll bring guests in every so often when there's nothing to talk about. We just want to chat. Uh, I know Amelia is a big fan of wrestling, or was a big fan, or is a mild fan. One of the two, or three, or four, or five. But uh, she's a John Cena fan, so that'll be fun to argue with her about how John Cena sucks. And all everyone, all everyone should do is hashtag beat up John Cena. 
thank you, AJ. Thank you, AJ Styles. <laughs> Uh, the club for life. Anyway, that's our show this week. Jenny, thanks so much for staying up late. You too. Thank you. And uh, the last word. Hit it. Rockstar. <laughs> <laughs>